Hello, everybody, and welcome to a science fiction-filled episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing The Creator. Joining me first up tonight from the Bay Area, please welcome Rachel to the show. What up, what up? Bay Area represent. (laughs) Next up tonight from Philadelphia, please welcome Joe to the show. What's going on, everybody? Go Phillies. And last up tonight from Bucolic, Indiana. Please welcome Casey to the show. Hello. Last week, John accused me of only saying Bucolic when Ariel was on the show, and I got to say Pacific Northwest. So there you go, yeah. Casey. Somewhere <laughs> she just like flipped over her laptop. She was like, that was our thing. <laughs> uh, Schnars is out. Joe's back. Rachel's back. Joe, Joe, I've been trying to get Joe's ass on the show for like two months, and he keeps being like, I have Girl Scouts or whatever. Boys Killing Cub Scouts, which I just came from. <laughs> exhausted. So we finally got him on. So I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk about some Star Wars on the other side of it. Since this is is directed by Gareth, one of Mr. Gareth Edwards. Mm-hmm. And there are yeah. some parallels in this one, which I'm sure we'll get into. It, it felt weirdly like the kind of movie that Neil Blomkamp might be directing mm. in a universe where he was still good. That's yeah, how I feel. big like Elysium yeah. vibes in this one. It yeah. made me think mm-hmm. about um, Neil Blomkamp, but in a sad way. Yeah. Like it made me, we'll get to it. It made me think of District 9 as well. Yeah. We'll get yeah, to I can it. see that. All right, Definitely. let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's take a quick break and discuss the creator. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. From the front time. Mr. Joe. Yes. It's been a good like 35 years since I was in Cub Scouts. Tell me what a meeting is like these days. What kind of stuff you do in there? Ooh. Uh, so tying some, tying, tying some bowling knots or something. I remember we, that. We did not tie in tonight. Uh, <laughs> we were going over to, uh, toolbox and what's in a toolbox and what you use said tools for mm. as I get them ready to make a hiking stick that has a, a compass imbued inside of it, um, a missile, a nice uh, handle and stuff like that. And then they'll etch designs all over it. And then I'll do uh, wood burning engravement, engraving all along it. Nice! Wow. Awesome. Okay, Joe, you're a better dad. You're a better dad than I'm. Where do you get the energy, Joe? Like, what in the? What? I have no idea. That's uh, four hours of sleep and lots of coffee. Drugs. Yeah, but what he failed to mention wish, is next right week the, the the meetings at his house, and he's going to teach him how to use that toolbox to fix the leak in his shower. <laughs> <laughs> you work in like a science lab, right, Joe? There's drugs there, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, I have, I'm dealing with a visit from the DEA tomorrow for a uh, on-site inspection because we have uh, some controlled substances that I use for testing. And I got to make sure that I am keeping yeah, everything bro. secure. You ever, watch that, that show? you ever watch that Netflix doc <laughs> about the crime lab scientist that was just ripping uh, meth all day and like whatever she could get her hands on from the, <laughs> the stuff she was testing? No. That's I pretty good. Not. She was... Um, she was in Massachusetts. She was in Boston. I remember when I was there. Good time. That sounds about right then. They had to throw out like every, <laughs> they had to throw out like every case she worked on basically after oh, it came shit. out. Yeah. 
No, that'll do it. We uh, we joked before everything like weed started becoming semi-legal in the medicinal area in PA that when it got to that route, maybe we could open up like if people needed to test uh, the percentage of the THC in pot and stuff like that. Like, okay, we can do the testing in our lab. And oh, you don't have to send us like X, like three grams. We only need half a gram. So we'll <laughs> just get to keep the rest. And- oh, Yes. You didn't need to send us. A, you didn't need to send us a QP. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, Joe, since you are a scientist, I can only assume you know words. Ooh, you would assume wrong, but that's but, what which most makes you about which makes you a great villain for was stars. A false hypothesis. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel, I've adopted your thing with John about how he plays no or instead of yes and. <laughs> Good. I accused him of it last week as well. So just so you know, just so you know, that's been entered into the BGH lexicon. Yes. yes. Move aside, bum fighting, enter <laughs> and or. <laughs> All right, Joe, please bring us the word of the day. Okay. Today's word is, and I hope I say this correctly, heuristic. Oh, uh, it's a... According to uh, Wikipedia, it is uh, in mathematical optimization and in computer science, heuristic is a technique designed for problem solving more quickly when classic methods are too slow to find an exact or an approximate solution, or when classic methods fail to find an exact solution for a searched problem, i.e., if you were hunted down by one species and had to figure out how to stop it from happening outside of the bounds of normal wartime rules. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it, that was so good. I started to feel like I was in school and then I disassociated <laughs> for a brief moment I totally there. left my body. Like, I wanted to be like, is this going to be a test? <laughs> well, thank you for that, Joe. Uh, Rachel, with your pink hair, how's it going there? When was the last touch-up you had? Is it? it uh, it's got to be done few, frequently, right? It's been a few weeks. It's been yeah. a few weeks. I'm still a few weeks out. It's still pretty We're good like then for mid a few weeks. life cycle right now. Yeah. The key is to be a disgusting animal and not wash you it. You can't wash so, it. So, right. pro tip, <laughs> like, or and, and if you do, it's got to be with cold water, right? That is correct. With a color uh, protective hair. This podcast just took a turn. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, tell me about The Creator. Sure. Okay, so this is the new sci-fi epic from Gareth Edwards, who I think most people know from Rogue One or from a movie I loved called Monsters. And it is set Oh, Monsters, the the border allegory thing, right? Correct. I always forget he did that. I love that movie. Yeah, look at that. Um, he, I mean, he loves an allegory, which I'm sure we're going to get into today. To, like, uh, this is the big, like, big Vietnam War allegory movie. Um, so it's set about 50 years in the future in a time where we have really advanced AI and it has kind of become a part of everyday life. They're raising our kids. They have our faces. They are driving everything. And apparently they're in charge of nuclear weapons. So uh, due to un 
self-disclosed reasons. Um, One day they dropped a nuclear bomb on Los Angeles, which led the U.S. to to declare war on all AI, Um, which is a problem because other parts of the world have really embraced AI and see them as equal or even in some cases more evolved humans. And so we are at war with uh, the U.S. is not we. I'm not team U.S. in this movie. Um, The U.S. is at war with New Asia, um, where there is a mysterious figure called Nirmata, who is the architect of AI and who has potentially created some new super weapon. We follow a man named Joshua, and he is someone who has sort of been embedded trying to find the location of this, this mysterious Nirmata. And in the process, kind of go like gets in too deep and finds a wife and has, you know, has a family on the way. Um, But all of that is disrupted when there's a surprise attack by the U S and they're separated and he's revealed to be who he is. And she appears to have died on the child with it. So then we flash forward a little bit further and now he is cleaning up the nuclear war zone, like really down on his luck, unhappy, misses, you know, heartbroken in deep, deep grief. And he is approached by a general and Allison Janey has <laughs> this amazing, I think she's like a colonel, um, who tells them not only is his wife alive, but they need him to go back because he has specific information that is going to lead to the discovery of Nirmata and this super weapon. He agrees because he wants to see his wife again. Um, And in the process, without getting too deep into spoilers, he ends up hooking up with this child um, who, I mean, it's in the trailers, right? Like this child who is like one of the AI. And they kind of go on a little bit of a lone wolf and cub journey together. And I don't want to go much further because I feel like we are getting deeper into this. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll, our get, we'll give our right, yeah. we'll give our base thoughts, and then after that, but I, even with the base thoughts, I'd say spoiler territory, and then we can just mm-hmm. we'll, we'll open it up and dig into it. Yes. K- Casey, what did you think? Uh, I am a very big hurt sci-fi fan. Um, Isaac Asimov, that kind of era, mm-hmm. you know, Heinlein stuff like that, and I ended up enjoying this. A lot. I thought it was uh, well put together, and I loved the little uh, the chunk of world building that Gareth Edwards did here for this movie. It's really intriguing, and it's a really nice futuristic sci-fi world that you can sink your teeth into. There's a lot of layers to it. <clears throat> I was really impressed with that aspect of it. Story-wise, I was really impressed on how well it parallels a lot of things going on in our world right now. And putting it on that framework of being against the AI and stuff like that was an interesting twist. And it helps, I think, make things, some problems more apparent, you know, with those problems that are going on because it takes kind of the human aspect out of it. It's just an interesting storytelling technique in the way that they did this. I think it all really comes together. Well, I thought the cast was good. Um, the lead actor, uh, John David Washington, I wasn't, I'm not too familiar with. I've seen Black Klansman. I haven't seen he was in all Tenet of his other movies as well. Yeah, I haven't seen Tenet yet. Yeah, either, I haven't either. But I, was re- I was really impressed with him. But I think between him and some of the the design of this movie and the way they look, 
this the way this futuristic world and stuff and kind of the performance he gives it kind of gives us like a fresh version of hard science fiction too it felt more modernized and not as hard to get but hard to penetrate from outside hard sci-fi can be really hard to get into you well, know they, they, they kind of that. this really helps make it approachable <laughs> they do that by giving it like very hollywood like heart story like you know what i mean like they injected some like hollywood uh you know heartstring stuff in there oh, to yeah, sort of like not. help make the hard science fiction more accessible but there's a couple lines that came out of him and key moments of this movie that you know even it just kind of hit you it's like oh dear i'm sorry bud <laughs> yeah the yeah. stuff coming around heaven is just like oh man mm. <laughs> joe what'd you think but Sorry, Casey, what's um, up? No, you're fine. So I, I'm a little conflicted. I thought it was good, but what I, I'm realizing, I have a standard for the sci-fi genre that this movie didn't really scratch. Uh, it was really evident that what you're watching is a reskinned, mechanized Vietnam War movie, which... Those older like action movies are kind of my jam. You guys are making me feel but, real dumb because never at any point did I think about Vietnam during this movie. No, I, just, <laughs> I would just like to like put in for everyone else out there that just watches a movie and goes, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh it was the Vietnam aspect that I actually had a bigger issue with to where you you get a lot most of the Asian faces then end up just kind of becoming literal cannon fodder as time and time again, you're watching site up and site and group upon group just kind of be demolished, which I, it made me feel terrible, which is really effective because that's what Edwards wants. The biggest issue with this movie is I didn't feel like it actually broached any great deep pondering meanings of what it means to be human by mm. looking across the veil at the artificial intelligence. Mm. It looked like fucking stunning. It looks, it's a really good the, looking movie. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. insane. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Simon Stalinog, uh, the yeah. Swedish artist. It was like, Does it felt like watching his paintings. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. It's like watching his paintings come to life with the uh, in like the integration of the technology into the natural world, especially with like some yeah, so of he the paints, uh, more like what you might call bucolic landscapes <laughs> of his homeland, often like snow covered, and then they'll just be like a robot strolling in the background or something. Like, cool. So it's like near futury, but it's also there's this like nature organic feeling to it. Very yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. You. No, you're good. I wanted to sound smart. Uh, they made a great series on Amazon, uh, Tales from the Loop, based on all of his paintings. Okay, oh. I know what you're talking about. I didn't know I the didn't name, know but I know exactly what you mean. That is really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but when we finally get to what felt like a very rushed third act, and I get that because there's a ton of fucking story that he has to get through to get through this, uh, it, it felt kind of like a letdown where the redemption arc felt sh a little shoehorned in mm. when and I, I wanted it to feel a little more earned and with yeah. a lot more lingering I'll, questions I'll, on. I'm going to get into it too. There's some. There's some issues. I would actually weirdly call that the fourth act 
Like this is a thing that, well, and I don't say that action movies can get away with this, right? Because when you go to see an action movie, you want to be like, it's why I can watch a two, three hour action movie if I'm really into it. Cause by the end of it, you just, you want to feel spent. You want it to be like, yes. Like you don't want to be left wanting anymore. And so action like movies like this to me can get away with a four act structure. Star Wars does this shit. We're like really that whole scene with the like giant thresher vehicle things coming through that feels like a third act. And then there's another mm-hmm. act, right? So mm-hmm. that's where I get, yeah. that's where I come up with like fourth act. Um, are you done, Joe? I apologize. I jumped in here, but no, that's all good. I think I said pretty much a, a synopsis of how I feel about it. I, it's um, beautiful, but uh, vapid when it comes to what I want out of uh, sci-fi. Yeah, it's interesting the way that it's kind of threading that needle. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I also think it's not without its flaws. I would call this like the perfect cable movie, or it's a movie that makes me wish I still had cable in the sense that like anytime this movie would come on, I would watch it if I had cable. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. just a really well drawn world, both like thematically and visually. Um, It, it, I said in the, I think I said this, did I say this in the show? Blomkamp. I think I did. I wasn't sure if that was pre-show. It made me think of district nine in the sense of like, okay, those are aliens and this is AI, but it's the same sort of like stranger in a strange land, like, and then watching how they integrate with human society. I mean, that's the whole thing at the crux of District 9, right? Is like these aliens, like with that, stripped away from their technology, basically becoming like, well, in that case, they're just like living in a slum, right? Like, but District 9 is headier in a way and it's dealing with those deeper issues in a way that I think you guys are talking about. This movie, like I said, is like, it is, I don't say this is a bad thing, but I'm going to say it. It's schmaltzy in a Hollywood way. It's got this real like heartstring agenda that it's trying to, to have a thread through this movie and it goes there, but it worked for me partly because I just, that guy's performance, he's great. I love the pairing of him and the mother, I love the little kid, which I rarely say. Like the kid is actually really good. She's great. And like it's a really visually stunning movie. I love the look of the robots. It's a really neatly fleshed out, like near future, mid-future society. Some of the coolest visuals in the movie are like the giant space station, like the 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 lasers, the tracking lasers across the landscape as they're like honing in the tracking for the missiles or mm-hmm. I mean like to intentionally make it so huge makes it feel so overwhelming and epic and like surreal almost. And then it's just happening in the background of a battle. It's this added tension. Um, I love all the casting Alice and Janney as this like, yes, Alice and Janney basically is like the old mean guy from avatar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, she's pulling Stephen Lang. It's yes, yeah, like, you thought the same thing, dude. She's great. <laughs> she is great and believable in the in the role that they put her in. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some threads that like, um, you pull at, and it's like, all right, like she goes to him. They need this guy because he was undercover with the, um, like Chinese people slash the androids is it Chinese is it China is there just they just say Asia right like when we get to my criticisms that's a problem (laughs) did I not go to you Rachel 
No, Not that's yet. okay. Oh I my god, I'm so, I snarsed you. I, I sweat it. Yeah, I snarsed you. I guess you should feel privileged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, <but> you guys. <laughs> he does say to her like. I don't give a shit about humanity anymore. <laughs> and she still sends him in on a very critical mission that he could like has much potential to ruin and then mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third act is a problem or the fourth act is a problem. I mean, that's henceforth to be referred to as the fourth act. It feels to me like this was probably a three hour movie at some point that they're like, you can't make this movie three hours. And most of what they chopped was in that fourth act Mm -hmm. because it becomes a spatial problem. Once they go up into that spaceship, there is a major problem of it's moving too fast. They're covering too much ground too quickly. So it starts diffusing the tension, but you also start, I had trouble like spatially figuring out where the fuck I was on that ship. And Mm -hmm. that kid is getting from like end to end of that goddamn thing with like five second cuts in between. And it, it gets really, it starts to hurt the tension because the, the third act with the, th- I'm just calling the threshers and those like crazy suicide bombing robots, like that scene Terrifying. it fucks. And it's probably, it's the most tense yeah. thing in the movie, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it's like, so here's the thing that bothered me and then I'll let you go, Rachel, but we talk about the fourth act and we're losing track of people and characters you know, they have him at the very, very end. This is spoiler, so just like move on if you don't want to hear it. He backtracks so that he can have this romantic moment with his lady robot in the new body, except he had no idea she was there because when the kid dragged her out in that field, he was in a complete opposite side of the station. Like he had no part in her body being dragged to that field. So he would have had no idea she was there, but he like very purposefully runs to that field to, to see her. Mm. so there's like something kind of missing there mm. like he's half breathing in the shuttle almost dead when she gets her from another part mm-hmm. of the facility and tr- drags her across the facility into that field like he has no way that there was no way he knew she was there I just assumed he went there to die like if so you're gonna die he looks yeah. like very but he but I don't think he ever <laughs> even saw that place I think she did. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I could be wrong. Anyway, Rachel, I apologize. Please go. No, I I really enjoyed it, but it's it it is admittedly like pop Hollywoody in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like they really go for the hard strings instead of the hard science fiction. Um, But that said, like the flavor of that world is wonderful. I I enjoyed being in it. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much in line with you guys where I feel kind of conflicted and mixed about it. Like I, the things I like about this, I like very, very much. And the things that I don't are hard to kind of hand wave away. So I think you guys have talked about how beautiful this movie is. I think it's the prettiest movie of the year, period. I love the aesthetics, the cyberpunk, sort of cyberpunk light aesthetics. And it's such an ambitious film, you know, mm-hmm. like this is the high budget cyberpunk Akira film that I've been wanting to see forever. And actually and so, fairly like low budget in comparison to like other action movies. But it looks, but it like looks amazing. It has yeah. the budget. You yeah. know what I mean? Like all, all of the, the settings, like the bunker that they go into, the design of the actual, um, the AI, I don't know, what do they call them? Sims, the Sims look incredible. The like, which I love. The, the simulants, yes. They look really amazing. I I mean, so all of that stuff works for me. And, and I am an absolute sucker for a lone wolf and cub story. Like, yeah. they get me every time. Last of Us, Logan, all of those movies. 
I always cry. I cried in this movie like a little wuss. Like it always. I was gets choked me. up at a few moments. Like it, yeah. yeah that bridge me. scene. I mean, yeah. first of all, the the robots on the bridge are the most terrifying because they are the most like real world. They look like the those dog suicide robots. Bombers. Yeah, they look yes. like those Boston Dynamics dog robots and they run like, like them yeah. too. Everything else is far flung enough that I have like I had like emotional disconnect from, but when those things came running out, it looked just way too much like that footage and I was like, "Oh no, this is terrifying. We are uh, in yeah, a dystopian that scene where the one die. stops and then like bows to her was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that got me. Yeah. 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 So all of that really worked for me. I think for me, like the negative stuff, you've touched on a lot of it, but also, you know, as it is wildly creative in some it areas. Yeah, that's a good and then also wildly derivative in others. Yeah. Like it leans really heavily on a lot of sci-fi movies that I love. At one point we have an aliens movie. At one point we have Blade Runner. We have, like I said, Akira. Like when we get to the vault, I was like, oh, this is just Akira. And then at the end, we kind of get Rogue that. One. Oh, okay. Well, you kind of have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely Rogue One vibes for sure. Yeah. But but in totality, my experience was I enjoyed the spectacle of And this like movie. it's a new uh, you know, it, it's worth it's worth praising that it's new mm-hmm. IP even if it is derivative yeah. like it's yeah. just yeah. so goddamn nice to see yeah. a new spin on something, you know? Mhm. And you know what? I was worried when I saw that runtime. I'm not going to lie because I have raging ADHD. <laughs> but the pace of this movie for its issues, the pace of this thing, it never it never lets up. I never felt that runtime. And this is the kind of movie, too, where I'm fine. Like, it doesn't... Like, two-hour slashers, I go in angry. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, like, Gareth Edwards, it's an action sci-fi epic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. I could have watched another half an hour to let him flush mm-hmm. out that last act more. Yeah, oh, yeah, agree. I mean, that's the thing for me. Well, and part of why I enjoyed this so much because I mean, we go into these obviously for the show to to look for stuff and kind of overanalyze it and stuff. But I think yeah. this movie, if you could, if you take that step back and are not trying to overanalyze it, it's a really good ride. Mm-hmm. I think and this goes in the bucket of good sit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I exactly. did. I have a good time while I was in that theater. I absolutely did. See, I would. This is above a good sit to me. Maybe this is just mm-hmm. where I flush that. To me, a good sit is like, I mean, I could have been sitting anywhere, but I guess I was sitting here. This is better than that, <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay. The good sit That's for me fair. is like, eh, it didn't bother me to sit here, so that was cool. Okay. Like, I don't know. I got to sit in a different okay. place for a couple hours. Sweet. Um, <laughs> so I put that a little above this, but, I, but I, you know, everyone has a different definition of good sit. But yeah, I mean, um, I, I feel like a good sit is a little more complimentary. Oh, you know, like, who we didn't mention me. is crazy beard guy that was in Mark Ozark. Menchaca. Mark, is that I, his name? I was literally that was my next note. I he's oh, Alice he's and Janie so playing scary. against type. He is like playing so his scary. type perfectly. And yeah. so he, and he I never heavy. Yeah, yeah, he was like his like he's like the partner in crime there with Allison Janney. Yeah, I, I he was in like sick. Um, is that the name of that slasher? Sick. Mm-hmm. Where he's like stalking the or he like in his, yeah. in the woods or yep. whatever. Um, when well, we reviewed that movie, he was also movie, in Alone. Where that's another movie where he's stalking a woman in the, in the woods. Sometimes when sure we reviewed that movie, about. I like tweeted something about how how amazing his beard is, and he personally responded to it. <laughs> nice. uh, he must have an alerts because <laughs> he was all over it um, well speaking of guest stars real quick I wish Nards was here because he would have 
he'd be excited for this too. But I didn't realize until we started and I was looking at IMDb that the uh, Drew? I, Drew is Sturgill Simpson, country singer. I was like, I didn't realize that at first. Now I'm looking back and I'm yeah, thinking back. I'm like, well, obviously. <laughs> which one is Drew? He's the one that uh, that's got with injured. The, yeah, that's like in the when back of the truck. When they first landed. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha yeah. Yeah. That he saved. Is he acting now? Is that like a thing? Yeah, he's, he's been, been acting. He's been in a couple things we've seen. How about <laughs> how about the lead character? What's the main character's name? Joshua. Joshua. Okay, how about Joshua's like ex-army best friend? Who's chilling yeah. in the city with like the hottest girlfriend ever, just making robots, living his life, having a great time. This fucking dude shows up and his whole life and himself is destroyed in an hour. Like, yeah, that's all true. I could think was like, boy, that was the most yeah. depressing part of this movie. Like, <laughs> are you going to give him a sorry at least? Like some, like he didn't say anything. Let's yeah. make a pact that if we, any of us get a hot AI girlfriend, oh that my we God. don't go blow don't, each other's lives up. <laughs> don't find me. Sorry, Sorry, don't find me. I'm good. <laughs> I can't promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking about it. Like, I was so happy. <laughs> this whole dude and this girl show up and is it he's fucking dead in an hour like yeah. on a beach somewhere by killed by fucking android. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. His life His life was just so thoroughly destroyed in like half an evening by this guy. And he doesn't yeah. even say I'm sorry when he's dying. Like <laughs> Oh God. So do you think it that that fate would have uh, met at least his girlfriend had they actually had ice cream and is one of the biggest takeaways always keep ice cream in the freezer. Mm-mm. I mean, they would have busted mm-hmm. it either way, but that was slick. That but they would have like, got ice cream first and that makes it work. It is. There's something bad. funny too, about the fact <laughs> that the humans wear fake robot helmets that don't look convincing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Cause that's a human right at the door or was it a robot? No, it was a robot. No, that's, it was, oh, one it was, that was a robot police. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 Robot police. Cause you see uh, him first where he ends up getting taken out and then you see essentially another right, right, right. one. And mm-hmm. yeah. Would you guys donate your uh, image to uh, AI for, you know, that whole like PR campaign you see throughout the movie or it's like donate your image for AI. And that's no, why he keeps but I bet hot bags. people would. Like really hot people would be all over that, dude. It's just like, a, yeah. it's a, do you think they take anyone? Because all of the AI people were actually pretty hot. We're crazy hot, yeah. Like, right? Yeah. Do you think that they're just like no uggos? <laughs> Maybe there's just like an island of just ugly AI robots. Like, why would you make ugly robots though, Rachel? Like that. I mean, uh, like beggars can't be choosers, right? I mean, I guess you they only need like five people to donate, right? Like they yeah. get five hot people yeah. and they can just well, keep printing. You know them. what they don't ever at the same time at the same time when he walked at that after he got at that one point in the movie and he started seeing uh Gemma Chan, who's the actress that played his or I can't think of the character's name. Uh the man the mother. Um when he Maya. walked into that city and started seeing her face everywhere, my first thought was, yeah, that will happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's <laughs> that's going to happen whenever this comes true. It's going to happen. I would love yeah. just to know. I, I would have loved a movie that gave me a little more about the robots because, like, some of the stuff with the little girl doesn't super track that well. Like, everyone's immediately amazed by her, and it's just because she's a little girl. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, like, no one's ever made a little kid robot before. Nobody even knows she has powers. They're just like, well, oh, kid robot. Well, but, but then it begs a question, though, like. There's other 
there's, so there's like robot robots with like the robot head, and then there's like these hybrids, I guess, that are ro- that are fully robots. Like she's fully a robot. The like general dude is fully a robot. But he's old. So did they just make an old ass robot, or is or yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is she ages. Like she grows and she ages. I think. Okay, that they're so with just that old of... dude that we uh, scorpion, right? Isn't he scorpion? No, mm-hmm. that's not scorpion. Who's that guy? Why do I know that guy? I mean, Ken Watanabe. Yeah, yeah, he was in like he, Godzilla. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So, like, he's old. So you're telling me that he didn't age. They just made an old ass person for no reason. So Why wouldn't you make old everyone and hot thirty? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I saying, mean, it's, but I, I'm not saying that it's. Uh, like a, I'm just saying I want to know more. Like it yeah. would help yeah. me understand a well, little better. To that exact point, when he goes to find his buddy whose life he ruined in an hour, and he was checking over the kid, <laughs> and he's looking at her, and he like sticks a tool near where her ear should be, and he's like, "Oh, dude, she's grown." It's like, how do you know? <laughs> Show like, us. <laughs> that scene made me chortle because it's a little yeah. silly and it's super Hollywood, like. Every of these robots has, they look the same, right? They've got the hole in their head where their ears should be, and they're just spinning shit inside, right? And like, he literally all he does is look at it in dim light and he goes, oh, and he immediately knows everything that sets her apart from the other robots. He doesn't like hook Jack her in. He doesn't like repeat her with Bluetooth. Like, he just looks at the spinny things and goes, oh, blah, 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 blah. Here's all your important plot. Like, those are the moments where I feel like a, 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 fi- a, a more finer honed sci-fi movie would do that a little more gracefully. Whereas that's what I, when I say this is super Hollywood, like that's where you mm. feel it. I feel like the most. Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time though, with that stuff you're talking about, I could see this movie being super Hollywood in that they're trying to launch a franchise. And so you start seeing but it's, it, another movie and then you'll start seeing spinoff TV shows where they shit. explore the robot. But crap. it's just little shit. That's like kind of lazy in a moment like that. Like you can't yeah. have him plug into her into something. We've seen these robots plugged into shit a bunch of times. Like whatever. It's stupid. But, and we know they all have jacks in the back of their head that they didn't really do anything except for the memory cards, which maybe that's all that's for. But it'd be- it's not super useful unless you need to talk to someone's consciousness that's dead for 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I did kind of think that was cool. Though. It was. It's just funny. It's just funny. Like, what's the problem? Well, they did allude to though. It's because it'd been a while since he died. That's why they mm-hmm. only got thirty seconds. So like, it makes okay. But, but what's the point of getting human. that guy back for a couple hours? That guy was a human, right? At some point mm-hmm. in the movie, we learned that you can transfer robot consciousnesses. Can you do that? But if you catch a human right after they die. Can you transfer their consciousness to a robot? That's what that scene suggests, except for that they just got to him too late. I mean, that's what the marketing, like in-film marketing suggests as well. Like there's all that like grandpa holding up the grandchild that is like, that's a motif that's repeated in the background and in the advertising, like You're the so propaganda around it. <laughs> I guess. So I do think that that's sort of one of the things that they're doing is that yeah. they're like moving loved ones into these bodies. And it feels really only written for that final scene in order to explain Mm -hmm. why she's standing there and she immediately recognizes him. Yeah. Maya. Wait, what? Say that again. Explain what you just said, like I'm five. So (laughs) when uh, you first see uh, Allison Janney's character show that tech off where they're able to take the consciousness out of uh, their lost soldier and essentially get like an Intel report of what they just, uh, what just happened. Yeah. 
that lays brickwork down for when you eventually find out what happened to Maya and then her final state of being in that other robot and it actually right, we see her. we see a mini version of it earlier in the movie so that then we understand it's possible later on is that what you're saying yeah i'm, I'm just saying that the that technique like yes essentially yeah the the tech seems to be written only to link in uh, the romantic right, attract, right. it's like not romantic link it's not really germane to the larger movie or wrapped in thematically that's kind of what you're saying it's just correct yeah, it's touched on once and then it is comes back at the end. I loved, man, just visually the temples were so cool. Yes. I loved how the temples had robot statues. That was so yes. fucking cool. Yep. Like, man, just so well thought out. I love and I that's part of what I dig about this movie. It's like, I'm gonna draw a parallel here that isn't fair because this movie's better. But I love Prometheus. And the sequel, partly because it's just playing with ideas that I really like in a sort of pop culture kind of way. Like, I love, I love the idea of like the subversion of the creator myth and that kind of thing, right? And this movie is playing with another sort of like pop science fiction idea that I really like that like, that AI and robotic sentience is just the natural path of human evolution. And that, like, where you find life forms in other parts of the universe, perhaps that's what always happens. They replace themselves with replicating machines. So I love how this is sort of, it's like the Planet of the Apes remakes version of that idea, where we're seeing it mm. as it's germinating. Like, we're seeing the early stages of what could eventually turn into, like, just robots fully replacing humans. Right. So it's partly why I like the movie because it's just, even if it's not going that deep, it's playing with ideas that I like. Right. And that's kind of laid out by Alice and Janie's character when she's talking about the Neanderthals and how we. Somebody like. says, right. It's kind of explicitly said in the movie mm -hmm. that, like, maybe that's what's going on here if we don't. Oh, it's very explicit. She says, yeah. we raped and murdered our way past them. <laughs> I love that little speech. That's such a good speech. Yeah. Yeah. Go, Team Hominoid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did it. Guys, we did it. Uh, yeah. And nobody has, like, I've brought it up a couple times kind of jokingly, but, like, nobody has really bit on the whole, like, <laughs> flying uterus. But I do feel like that is a very intentionally, it looks like a uterus it or an IUD. like a uterus. or Yeah, or an IUD, that's right. Right, as it's, like, flying across the sky, just, like, killing, burninating everything. And, and I was kind of, like, as I was watching it, I was trying to, he's so metaphorical in, like, what he's doing with his film. I was trying to kind of, like, trace this idea, like, why would he make this sort of destructive force mm. she's almost like this like a god creature like flying above them destroying yeah. it and it's sort of this strange balance of like the creator and the destructor and and i don't know i don't know if you guys are picking up on those themes at all i, mm -hmm. I haven't fully unpacked them i just kept thinking back to neon uh, neon genesis evangelion mm -hmm. with yeah. uh, the design mm -hmm. of uh, uh what's the name of eden mm -hmm. or something like that um, yeah. it's been a very long I time so. yeah it has been a long time I really loved the like civil servant workers at their computers. <laughs> Just the most like milk toast looking 54 year old dude behind his computer being like, boom, sending like sending laser missiles. Yeah. Are you talking about the guys uh, running Eden? Yeah, yeah. Like just the like the tech nerds and like the bureaucracy, like in mission control. It, it was also very like when you think of 
um, military dudes in like labs controlling drones. It was like this weirdly removed, like sanitized version of what was happening. Mm-hmm. It felt like I always some of those scenes, like this being near future and sci-fi and stuff. I totally expected that general's giant ass glasses to become, you know, like some kind of device that he's using to get readings off of robots or something. Oh, they they never that. did pull off of it, and I'm they were tor- distracting. I'm torn on that guy because he doesn't. He's not Allison Janney, and you get the yeah. sort of like I like the scene where she dies. It's it's um, shocking and fun, but then that makes that last section a little. Mm-hmm. There's a piece. If you feel her missing, you feel her presence not there. Yeah, I mean, I really like that actor. It's Ralph Ineson, um, who I'm a little sad Schnars isn't here because it's he was in his favorite movie this year, The Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> he's oh. the voice of Satan in that. <laughs> Oh yeah, bro. <laughs> but he's an actor I really I've like loved ever since The Witch, um, and I thought you know he yeah. was, it was interesting piece of casting. But I think and I think he would have stood out more if it weren't for the contrast of Allison Janney, who is just like chewing. Up and he doesn't really get, uh, he doesn't really get a ton of screen time. He gets maybe some, he's also on the cutting a, room floor, <laughs> but not a ton until she dies, and then suddenly it's like no, this is the bad guy now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, movies try to do that sometimes, and some uh, you know it's a tough that's a tough one to pull off i feel like but i want to know if his glasses were too big or if his hat was too big because there's something wrong in that whole costume right there <laughs> all right somebody at uh gareth edwards we have questions <laughs> it's interesting to me where the humans draw the line in the robotics that like you know the robotic limbs are okay or they use you know they have these suicide robots but you know, one of them talks to Allison Janney and is like, it's been a pleasure to serve you. And then just like runs. So like that's, there's some, I, I mean, again, there's nuance there that they're just not explaining, but it's interesting. Like, what yeah. is it about? It must be, you know, have a, some kind of judge on it in a way that stops it from being like sentient or something, but it's definitely a freaking robot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, those little hypocrisies definitely exist in fascist, fascistic uh, cultures. So that's right, well, not, it's an yeah. interesting thing that they're, they are willing mm-hmm. to engage with the technology when it benefits them. Mm-hmm. And it reinforces the uh, propaganda that you hear not only Joshua, but his uh, fellow army uh, uh, comrades uh, repeat, which is, it's just programming. It's just programming mm. as not mm-hmm. only a way for them to remove themselves from what they're doing to everything around them, but also gives you an insight as to how they like literally view it. That yeah. it is literally just programming to them. Right. Right. Yeah. But also she, yeah. Some mm-hmm. characters are saying it in a way where it's like partially trying to convince themselves. It's like a mantra mm-hmm. they're saying, you know, to make themselves feel better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that must be, it, it's the same sort of like, if you want to draw the parallel to the kinds of propaganda that we use in wartime all the time, right? Like, right. The de- like one of the most important steps is to dehumanize the enemy. Yeah. And in this case, the, the rallying cry is it's just programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the way they There's played with politics there too, mm-hmm. especially at the uh, very beginning when we saw when they declared war on AI and that kind of flashback and that general talking oh. about, I remember we're attacking the AI. We're not attacking. Yeah. We're not at war with new Asia. That was pretty chilly. Yeah. Actually, um, for a lot of reasons. Opening, <laughs> those opening scenes were really well done. I thought they were really, I cool. love the stylism. Um, someone 
on that team that designed that sequence is 100% a fan of the Fallout games because mm-hmm. it literally yep. is yep. like the scene when you put a Fallout game in. Like there, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 full only in that part. That's the part mm-hmm. that's sort of for me. The opening is full retro futuristic, like yeah. Fallout looking cars. Mm-hmm. It is a world where this stuff looks like it was starting to be around in the fifties because it's like black and white, free real, whatever. And like that was cool, but then the movie aesthetic is something completely different, and like yeah. is more of in the future. It's like twenty sixty six or something. I, I, I'm not complaining. It's just funny. Like I, was I really wish Ron Perlman would come in and say, like, like, "War never changes." But there's straight up like a Fallout model in that opening. I swear to God. <laughs> like no, you're right. You're right. I want a Pit Boy. Can we get a Pit Boy? They made a, they made a pit when Fallout Four came out. They made a Pip Boy that you could put your phone into, and then you yeah. could pair your phone to your, like your PC and use it in the game. I feel like I might actually which have is, that Tchotchke somewhere. Which makes you realize how stupid and cumbersome a Pip Boy would actually be in real life when you start thinking about like you know doing this on your arm. We're not that far off. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I don't need to do that to switch weapons or change my clothes. I can still just use my hands for that. That's true. Any other that's true. Anything else from this movie? Uh, covered a lot of it. No. I got into the heartstring part of it. The, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have any problems with the mixing in some of the Hollywood fluff mm-hmm. and that into I'm the not, hard sci-fi. Like budget. I said, I think it makes it makes this kind of sci-fi more approachable for folks. And I really liked it. There were some really good moments for it. There. The the talk of heaven and the kind of between Joshua and Alfie or Alpha um, when they first brought it up and talked about it, and then when it comes up again there at the end of the movie, I just thought it was a really nice bookend for their relationship that we watched grow throughout that movie. And then the fact that he says you you made it so I could go there it was just like oh <laughs> yeah, it got me. I yep. mean, I want to mm-hmm. act like I'm intellectualizing this film, but I was like. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, oh God. <laughs> yeah, there was some boohooetry in the theater. Glad to see you're feeling human emotions, Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> see, they bubble up. I try so hard to push them down. Not enough popcorn in the world. And they're so, fine. Eric, you didn't tell us your theater experience. Oh, okay. So I went last night. So we record Wednesday nights. I went Tuesday night. A ticket was $5, which is amazing. I guess they just, because who's going to the movies at the Haunted Mall on Thursday night? So I went to the Haunted Mall because <laughs> it's like 10 minutes away. I could leave here 10 minutes before showtime. And get there in the middle of the trailers, which is perfect. It was me in the theater and two like older gentlemen who were either like a couple or like the cutest set of old dude friends you've ever seen. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell. Adorable. Eight to 10 times during this film, one of them took photos of the screen with the flash on in their phone. Less cute, <laughs> less and adorable. It legitimately, didn't make me angry. I just had so many questions. Like, are you guys taking pictures of each other? Are you, it looked like they were taking pictures of the screen. You know, if you're going to do that, like it's better without the flash, right? But also, why? Like, why? why Maybe they knew that? someone in the movie, and they were like, "Let's get a picture of Jim." It was, and the one dude, so they were kind of like in my line of view. This is karma because I've been talking about how like a lot of movies this year I've I've been on my phone some. 
but I will at least turn the a, I won't do it in like, if there's a lot of people around me, it's mostly like I, I see movies mostly in mostly empty theaters, but I also turn the brightness all the way down. This guy had his brightness at like half. I was just checking his notifications every 15 minutes. And like, that's crazy. Like, turn the brightness down. (laughs) They were just, I'm almost jealous of the utter lack of consideration. Like, (laughs) to to be able to move through the world in that way without thinking of anyone else around you, unencumbered (laughs) by social mores. I am so jealous. Like they must be so fucking happy, and I don't know what that is like. I've never experienced that. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know that it, happiness would be worth it. I do not want to be that person. Although that's not true. Sometimes I'll see Ignorance like grumpy as bliss. grumpy as hell old ladies who give zero fucks, and I'm kind of like hero. <laughs> God. Anyway, you, yeah. I'll Ghost be, of Christmas I'll be, future. I'll be pondering those two gentlemen for the rest of my existence. So, if you, you see them again, will you ask, please? Oh hell yeah! I mean, it's po- okay. I mean, they probably live around here. You know, like it's possible. Right? I'm not in a city. Like, there's not that many people <laughs> going to movies on Tuesday nights. So, I wonder if you get on next door and you'll start see you know see a post. I saw a cool movie that has all the pictures in it. <laughs> Does Craigslist still have misconnections? Oh my god! (laughs) Oh, because that's the only people on Craigslist are old people. So, like, that's yeah, beautiful. I want to do that. Like, I want to write a poem about them and post it. Just a tone poem. (laughs) (laughs) Me trying to enjoy a movie. You taking pictures with your flash. (laughs) (laughs) Were you a couple? I couldn't tell. All right, that's going to do it for the creator. Let's uh, do some fan mail here, but first we're going to do recommendations. Casey? Yes. Rachel? Oh, yeah, definitely recommend. Joseph? I would recommend. I would, and it's like really a visual spectacle. So like if you're a theater person, it's I know it's Halloween and there's other stuff going on right now, but like I would say it's if you're interested, it's worth seeing in the theater. It's a very pretty movie. Yeah, it's very pretty. It's not one you want to watch over like streaming compression, I would say. All right. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. There's a new series coming to television. If you don't watch it, you could be making a grave error. Hi, this is Doug Bradley Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies, welcoming you to Bloody Good Horror.
I love it. Rachel is now flexing on us by <laughs> by showing us that she actually owns the Pip Boy. <laughs> and then, did you watch me go through the entire journey that you described, where I like was like very excited to put it on, and immediately was like, "This is a pain in the ass." And, like, <laughs> yeah. on the floor. It's stupid. <laughs> That's not yeah, everything you follow. There is was stupid, thirty but it's great. glorious seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it was just did, did you play? Uh, did you play Fallout Four, Rachel? It did. Yeah, what'd I played. Yeah. I love those games. Did you get into the house of the like sanctions uh, whatever, you know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Yes, I picked the, Mr. House. Yes. <laughs> the um Chaos. No, what am I No, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Fallout 4 with the settlement building. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Where you would like build stuff and have people come and like Yeah, I did a little like Fallout 76 for a while, but I don't know. Like I have so many chores that I have to do on a daily basis. I don't have a ton of yeah, patience so stupid. for like I don't know why I love digital chores, but I truly mm. truly do. Joe, you you look pregnant in thought. Oh no, I'm just shocked like I again very much uh like Rachel that I can't I don't have the time for the digital chores but I love the weird RPG stuff that you'll end up like oh yeah. get this from the store I <laughs> spent like a hundred hours ju- mostly just building in Fallout 4 like building a settlement and inviting people there or whatever but like one thing broke it for me because I, I built these like incredible walls around Sanctuary the town and like had defenses and guards and all this shit and shit still kept getting in my base, but it didn't make sense because I had walls. So I started hmm. Googling it and discovered that if you fully enclose your base with walls, the game will just start spawning the enemies inside of your walls. Mm. And I got so fucking mad. <laughs> so there's like, I mean, if you go on, there's tons of mods that fix all this stuff. That's the cool thing yeah. about the Bethesda games. But yeah, it just broke it for me. I was like, you motherfucker, you know how long I spent making those goddamn walls and you're mm-hmm. just spawning <laughs> death claws inside of it? Yeah. Yeah, that's not fair. The one Bullshit. thing, one game I played a lot of, like that I did I'd do some building with. Did you ever play The Forest? I got pretty sucked into no. the building elements of The Forest. That's a great game. So the other building ones, I really loved Starbound. Which mm-hmm. is like Terraria, but it's with lots of planets, like endless planets. Um, that was really cool. There's building, you know, there's collecting and building and chores, you plant food, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Stardew Valley fan, mm-hmm. kind of obsessed with that game. Okay. Um, and I dig Animal Crossing. That That's my vibe, like cozy. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the forest is definitely not cozy. <laughs> yeah, I don't like shit where shit attacks. Like, I don't like mm-hmm. <laughs> lots I, of like Cronenbergian arm arm monsters coming in. No, because like there'll be games up. that are like build a castle, a and I'm like, ooh, girlfriend. I want to build a castle and build a little town, and then it's like, and then uh, barbarians invade. I'm like, no, I don't. Can I just turn that off? I just want to build a town where nothing bad ever happens. <laughs> Can I do that, please? Yeah. And then now yeah. there are yeah. games like that because that's the beauty of yeah. Yeah, there's like a setting that's like that in that game, but it's kind of I don't know if there's if it's too peaceful, then like what are we even doing here? You know, you fascinate me, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> you got to check out my graveyard. Yeah, graveyard keeper looked cool. It's you're literally just managing I, except. Yeah, you manage a graveyard, have Dead to do bodies. autopsies, take Ooh. parts of the body. Yeah, it's it's Stardew Valley for goth people. Oh, All right. 
Well, I'm going to slam on some Bauhaus and want to play that. That sounds great. (laughs) I also, I I never played that Cult of the Lamb, but I've heard good things about that one, too. That was good stuff. That game's great. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, I would let, I'll stay for the record that if this, the, the creator would definitely be in my top 10, I probably won't troll everyone by putting a science fiction movie on my top 10. Like it would probably be my number two. After Whoa. Bo was afraid. Nice. Okay. I mean, I think it's your top 10. You do what you want. It's punk. That is true. I do <laughs> do what I... Generally, that's my brand, doing what I want. So yeah. I guess I get that. Schnars has, Schnars has rules. And I feel like your love language with Schnars is a little bit of a... You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think for him to return to a sci-fi in the top it's two It's mostly slot. I'm too exhausted of hearing other people complain. Schnars wouldn't care. Oh. He Schnars wants... Schnars I'm yes-anding your, your choice. Thank you. Schnars plays, <laughs> but he wants me to be happy. He would let me have that if I wanted it. Yeah, I think so too. But, you know. Um. All right. Let's see. Plus, it might bump sick off the list. <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn it. Did I already? Bu- it might have happened already, actually. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I think it did. I think it happened last week. Okay. I know. I'm um, so relieved you guys liked Birth Rebirth because I love that movie, but I also know it is not for everyone. <laughs> and it is an ass. <laughs> oh, I did like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Ariel was surprised. Yep. I liked it. I was nervously watching the feed. I was like, oh. oh it was a unanimous one. That was yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, let me, awesome. Casey, just check X quick. All right. This thing's noisy. I'm Twitter. It off. Twitter. I literally pulled down the like search bar of my iPhone the other day and started typing in Twitter and was so confused why I couldn't find the app. And then I went, X, whatever. Mm. When, is, when, is, when are you going to be, what do you think it's going to take for you to be done? Done Today, Elon's latest thing is he took all the headlines I'm out of I'm barely sport, using it. Posts. I mean, I, I, I'm barely using it. I will say like, I just, uh, yeah, I don't use it that much. Um, what's the worst movie you've ever watched on a piano? That's from Pigeon Kelly. A piano? Wait. Jesus Christ. On a plane? What's oh, the worst movie you've ever watched? <laughs> that's <on a> Matilda. <laughs> Sorry. Callie Pigeon is Matilda. <laughs> oh, I love it. What's the worst movie you ever watched on a plane? I remember one time I was on a plane and they showed that movie Fearless. Do you remember what that movie is about? Fearless. No. It's about a plane crash. Oh, <laughs> I was like a kid going, why? And it was back when, when it was like the screen, everybody watched the same movie. You didn't have this wild selection of 17 year old, you know, Harry Potter movies that you could watch. Right. Like it was, everybody watched the movie. I got stuck watching bulletproof monk that way on a flight on an international flight. And, but fearless <laughs> is one where like, because the screen is in front of your face, you can opt out of the sound, but you can't opt out of the screen. I had to like fly like this. Cause I'm a, huh. I'm a hmm. fearful flyer. Uh, death on the Nile. Oh, just watched that one the other it's week. It's not very it's good. It's not great. Well, we we just reviewed that new one though, and it's a delight. I hear great things about it, it's and a looks, yeah, wonderful. Um, that's yeah. it for Twitter, Mister Casey. I was going to say it's funny because I've never actually watched an in-flight movie. Like, 
that the flight the plane uh, provides. Yeah. I always have my iPad, so I just, yeah. We I, had this I whole discussion, this whole discussion last week too. If I'm messing with that screen, it's I'm probably just going to watch a couple episodes of something, <laughs> a show or something, and zone out. Yeah. I remember you were saying you're just a weirdo who just stares straight forward. I've de- I have stared yeah. for like two hour flights. Before, Do you yeah. like make meaningful eye contact with the flight attendants while you're no, staring? No, I stare oh. at the back of the seat. I just, just I stare at the flight attendants because I'm watching for like any sort of micro expression that means that the plane is going down. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm a guy, Rachel. I need to be careful who I intensely mm. stare at. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's yeah. probably true. <laughs> no fly, Eric. That's what I, we call you. <laughs> I have to be mindful of my gaze in a way that maybe you don't. <laughs> that's true. Man, it's a survival don't blame technique the gaze. at this point. Don't blame the gaze. <laughs> Leave the gaze out of this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different vibe if the uh, flight attendant's walking down the aisle and see me going. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm burning holes into some four flight in its face. Flying doesn't scare me though, so that's part of it. Like yeah, I, that's good. I love the flying. only part of it. I get anxiety in that last thirty mm-hmm. seconds before you land, and I never used to. Mm. But like one time, like fifteen years ago. I took I had was in a real hard landing where we like bounced Ooh. and I'm like, oh, that can go bad. And now my brain, every time I just feel it mm-hmm. in that moment right before we mm-hmm. hit the ground, I hold my breath. But like yeah. when we're in the <laughs> air, who gives a shit? Uh, I never used to be, but I like you had a bad experience. When I was a kid, my dad like uh raced <laughs> sailplanes. So I used to go up in a plane without an engine. You know what I mean? I was not a fearful flyer. And then I was I took like a little puddle hopper from Denver to freaking Nebraska. It was a little and, puddle hopper I was in too. And it, it was happened. like yeah. this up and down pouring rain. And it's when I learned that the body is capable of projectile crying. <laughs> I didn't know that you could actually cry for distance. Oh like, you know God. that, like the cartoon, but I, I wear glasses and I saw, I, I saw two tears go plink, plink. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. What freaks me out more is just being packed in with that many people so closely. Mm-hmm. I'm much more, I'm much more aware of just people around me than I am anything mm-hmm. happening with the plane. That's fair. That's like I had breathing a great flight the other day he, where I was between two dogs. It was like amazing. Breathing with that many humans close to me, I'm just like, I'm going to get Ebola. I'm going to die when I get off this because I always get sick when I fly. So I'm just waiting for it. Like I'm <laughs> waiting for the asshole to start like harsh coughing. And I'm like, you, why are you on this fucking plane? Right. Like I get so angry. <laughs> True. I, like, I have to get on a plane at like six in the morning. This is not helping my anxiety. Oh, tomorrow? Sick. <laughs> Where are you flying? That's like a... Just dirt. to Las Vegas. Just like oh. a little quick one. Sounds yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Casey, what's on threads? All right. We've got three questions out there on threads. I, this is already one of our longest episodes in recent memory. And you know why? It's because Rachel plays Yes And. <laughs> <laughs> I will always encourage bad behavior. <laughs> <laughs> First up, we have Ryan Tehan, and I just want to state beforehand that I'm so happy this is addressed to Eric. Uh, Eric, as a fellow old, what is your stance on Werther's originals? Uh, man, I have a I have a lame take on this, which is that I don't eat processed sugar. So, but if I'm to channel a younger version of myself, mm-hmm. love a Werther's original. My grandmother used to have them in her house. My grandmother always had three things in her house. Werther's original, uh, four things. Okay. She liked candy. <laughs> Werther's original, 
Um, Hershey's Kisses that were so old they had turned white because you know how like mm-hmm. shitty chocolate mm-hmm. turns like white after a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, those strawberry hard candies with like the filling inside that had the strawberry wrapper mm-hmm. and wintergreen mints. Those like pink Pepto Bismol looking like chewy candies with the green delicious. Like no, no, it's just, it's like a chalky like cylinder. Slice. Are they kind of melty when you eat no, them? No, it's like chalk. Mm. Necco wafers, like a yeah, it's so like a it's like a it's like if you melted a stack of ten Necco wafers together, that's the mm. the thickness uh. of it. But same huh. kind of consistency. It's like sugar dust. Um, I'd have to look it up, but they're wintergreen and they look like Pepto Bismol and they're delicious. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, Werther's original. Thumbs up. <laughs> Who doesn't like a Werther's? Like I know it's like a joke that they're in the bottom of purse, but they're delightful. They're very uh, nostalgic for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There are way worse things at the bottom of my purse. My grandma like, loved that that's a ribbon candy shit, too, that would like destroy your teeth. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard yeah. sugar Peppermint. ribbon candy. It's like ones that were like kind of waved, too. Oh, so the wavy ones. Yeah, you get them in the yeah, waves and they're it turned fancy into like colors. a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Sharp yeah. as hell. Yeah. Hmm. I also love a like rip it right out of your the fillings out of your teeth like a uh, saltwater taffy. That's a good old person. I do too, candy although I'm at the with. age where my fillings could actually come out at this point because they're old. So like <laughs> that freaks me out. I don't fuck with them at, at all. Too like I've had relatives like at Christmas bite into some shit and be like, I just lost a filling. Uh, and I'll just be like, that sounds like a bad time. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> all right. Next up we have from at er, the drummer from Foghat, I love that. I love, I love, that is my favorite social media name. I want that person to know that. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Have any of you ever been scared or at least made uncomfortable by a band? For me, the band Mortician, a gore metal band from Yonkers, always makes me feel weird, and I will not allow it to be played in my car. I always mm. used to tell um, Joe. Joe C when he was on the show anytime like I'd get exposed to his music that it like actually hurt my feelings like (laughs) it upset me and I know that metalheads like that it relaxes them so that's just Mm -hmm. it's a funny thing because I would listen to it and be like I feel personally attacked by this music (laughs) I'm gonna go or and dispatch I'm going two bands because I saw them live one time and I was like what it felt like I walked into a different planet. Not my vibe. I, I'm probably more in the Joe C camp. Really, I mean, just give me some nine inch nails and I'm happy, but that's big. Yeah. I don't have a particular band, but I know in like middle school ish era, there was a few years there that I believed that all those metal bands that said they were sat- satanic were satanic. Yeah, and evil. So I was pretty terrified of a lot of those, but then I, mean, I finally realized it's mostly an act, and I, then I was okay. That's where the magic was in that stuff, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's what they did it for. I don't know that I have ever been scared of a band, but I was scared for someone else who was around someone in a band. Like, did you ever see that documentary where someone goes all the way to like Norway and hangs out with the back black metal artist Gall? Oh yeah. Have I you seen this? Seen He's just like swirling his like wine glass. And he had just, I think, like held someone captive and like tortured them recently. Ooh. And he asks him about it. And the guy is very strange. And they are alone in a cabin. And he looks 
he go, gets very quiet. And I, I felt that man's mortality. That's horrifying. Screen. Yeah. We reviewed that movie. I don't remember the name of it years ago, but that was about that black metal band where one of the members killed the other one. Lords mm. of chaos. Lords mm-hmm. of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Same that was, that was scene, a good movie. different band. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I feel like I cut you off, Casey. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I am good to go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that black metal scene was well. Actually, I think I have that book like back here somewhere. Lords of Chaos is back here. Yeah. Yeah, dug that. Is that it, Casey, or what do we got? We got one more here from Metal Prof. What is the most supposedly juvenile thing you still enjoy watching? For example, me, a 56 year old man, just sat here watching a few SpongeBob episodes. Band Geeks for the win. Join the Patreon so you could have heard the whole conversation. About yeah, we were chatting about we were chatting about Clone Wars pre-show, the cartoon, yeah. and Rachel told me because I, I watched a bunch of Clone Wars but never got too deep into it. And I was telling Rachel that my favorite character was General Grievous, and she gave me the whole origin story and blew my mind of where General Grievous came from. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah we talked about that we talked about adventure time infinity yeah. uh, infinity train i like all those cartoons i'm about that life i guess i don't watch much that would be classified that way anymore hmm. i don't know if you if you go for the kids show aspect of juvenile then i don't know there's not a lot that i still watch nowadays although you know if there's good cartoons on. I turned Looney Tunes on for Delaney, or not for Delaney, for the dog Agatha when Colleen leaves for lunch. And I, I that's a fun time. <laughs> we both enjoy ourselves. <laughs> that's the cutest, like most pure thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but if you want like juvenile sense of humor and whatnot, I'm of the type that are like Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. Was a longtime favorite. Oh, and I still think that Dr. Steve Brule, check it out with Dr. Steve Brule is like, the pinnacle of comedy for me, which I'm sure I like. Yeah. <laughs> you dingus. You dingus. <laughs> I'm just going to say Joe? Space Ghost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, Space Ghost Coast to Coast was another A plus uh, uh, adult swim show. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a lot of those shows, and like even like Johnny Quest C Lab. Um, Anything that was like tsunami into Adult Swim, I, I probably mm-hmm. still have a uh, a hankering for. I almost yeah. put on Yu Yu Hakusho like earlier today when I had like a half hour, but I don't know if that's juvenile or just me being an anime fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, with you on all I thought, of that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily consider it juvenile because I think they're doing elevated stuff with it, but like the Venture Brothers is like mm-hmm. one of my all time favorites. But yeah. that's more because of the way that they satirize all that good old stuff. <laughs> yeah. I Didn't they just have a new movie come out? Yeah. The mm-hmm. final ones, supposedly. But well, we can keep our fingers crossed. Let us uh, do some IG. Um, 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 we had a couple left over from last week because if you recall, I forgot to post until we were already doing the show. So they came in late. So... If you could be reborn knowing one thing, what would it be? I don't know. I feel like there's still a lot of stuff I should know that I don't. So I don't know if that was going to help. Yeah. I mean, the secret of time travel. Cause that could I be reborn knowing how to do math? Cause I still can't do that. How about <laughs> making a budget? 
<laughs> like I'm going to use this opportunity to learn something I still don't can't know. And can't do. um, I mean, like how outlandish can this be? Hmm. Can I know anything or does it have to be something that I have learned through my life that I want to carry on to the next one? You'd have to ask Paul. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll, if I'm back next week, hopefully I'll have a follow-up question for answer. Um, if anything, I'd say I'd be I'd make different choices on uh, college choices after coming out of high school. Oh, I'd make extremely different choices, but I think he's t- saying more of like a, a piece of knowledge or a skill. But yeah. yeah, if I could go back and warn myself, yes, I'd make some different choices. Well, I, there was a lot of skill involved in mine when I chose to go to music school because people had built it up. But then I got there and it wasn't what I uh, hoped it'd be. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Any cool horror movie locations that you've been to IRL? This is a good question for you, Joe. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I spent the anniversary of The Prowler at the inn where it was shot in Cape May, New Jersey. Uh, the movie itself is set in Avalon, California, but it's all shot in Cape May. And the inn is still in like perfect condition and did a screening of it uh, for the anniversary. That's nice. so cool. I love when like random old places like that, just whoever's running them now embrace that stuff. Like I love to see what the like camp from Friday the 13th does and like all those kind of things. It's really neat. Joe, tell the listeners the uh, phone booth that you found recently. (laughs) Oh, so I had a, uh, I was just at a wedding out in Lancaster and so I found the phone booth that Harrison Ford used in the movie Witness when he has to call back to his partner in Philadelphia. Now, okay. when you say you found it, like you knew it was in the area, so you looked it up so you could go see it? Correct. Gotcha. That's wild. I, I know and the movie random. well enough that I was like, and the town's well enough uh, that I knew it was, I mean, it's shot in the great intercourse PA. Who yeah. doesn't want to stop in intercourse? Uh, so that's a draw right there. But yeah, it's an old, uh, was it uh, W.H. Zimmerman's is an old family there. They own the general store that I knew was there, but they eventually had moved to a larger facility, literally right next door. Amazing. <laughs> I drove through Pennsylvania once on my way to uh, North Carolina, and I drove through a town called Shardlesville. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. That is pretty good. I that ate at an A and W there. Nice. That's Damn. awesome. It's good. To, um, good name. So, um, if you were reincarnated, oh, I was going to say I live right down the street from the. Well, not right on the street. I live very near the house from Phantasm. So, <gasps> yeah, that's pretty. And sweet. and I stayed in Ferndale, which is this tiny little Victorian town where they shot the Love Witch and Salem's Lot. Oh, oh. awesome. Oh, that's cool. I live like 15 minutes from where they shot Place Beyond the Pines, but it's not a cool thing to brag about because the whole movie is about how this area is a fucking shithole. So (laughs) (laughs) the whole movie is just about how it's like a white trash shithole. So that's cool. With a corrupt police force led by Ray Liotta. (laughs) It's a good movie though. And that's where they met Ryan Gosling and uh, Eva Mendes, I believe. Has Ray Liotta ever played like just like a good guy, like a good salt of the art, like a mensch? Yes. Um, in Blow, it's actually hilarious. He plays Johnny Depp's dad. 
But yeah. they're like basically the same yeah. age. So they, okay. at various points, they put him in old guy makeup. And he was and like he's the just one like person a, in he's it. He's exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. He's a blue collar, yeah. salt of the earth guy. So like when his son becomes a drug dealer, makes all this money, like he doesn't get it, but he's like, ah, uh, whatever. He's like downtrodden by his wife. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there you go. Adam dreams. Well, I mean, he did cheat. Right? I've never seen uh, isn't he like shoes joe jackson the the baseball yeah. cheat <laughs> in reality yes yes <laughs> Imagine Hollywood so i'm here. technically right the best kind of right <laughs> i would go one step further then wild hogs now you're technically right um here's a good one if you were reincarnated as another member of the show who would you choose and why as if there's any other answer than schnorris like what yeah. <laughs> i don't know i kind of want to be casey <laughs> okay go on Let casey feels rationale. like he has um a wonderful life. He has a beautiful family and he seems like he has a kind of happiness that I could only dream of. <laughs> like oh, an fair. innate happiness. I just want the Manhattan penthouse. <laughs> I mean, stars, there are things I about want, the hair alone is a perk. The hair. I want but, the hair and I want the rooftop pool. Yeah. He has a roof. Sorry, Casey, we're done. No. <laughs> Answer changing. I don't know. I don't know that he still does. I, I don't know if pre, place that he's in now does, but the, the place that we were last at, the last time we were all in NYC, he had a, there was a pool on the roof that. Was, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. I'm going to go uh, Eric just to make sure like, then I know that he'll stay awake like past 10 o'clock. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I can't. It's actually 10 right now. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> this is Chris says the new VHS comes out on Friday. Do you all plan to review it? So I volunteered to basically screen it to yep. see if it was as trash as last year's VHS. And if it is, we won't be reviewing it. Probably. Come on. CC or GG Saul Guerrero does a it, segment in it. Fingers if it's, crossed. I don't know who that is. I've heard that name, but I don't know who that is. She's great. If it's slightly it's better than last head. year's, I'll probably if it's slightly better than last year's, I'll probably subject Snorri to it. But last year's was like it made me angry and not in a way that would have been fun to listen to. Let's put it that way. Which is crazy that he's the one that, that stood up and said, "I'll screen it and tell us if we to watch it." I, instead I'm of gonna, one of us doing it, because I will always watch these movies. It's also <laughs> set in the '80s, so you all right, you got my attention. Um, and man, the first the two VHS, good. the first two VHS movies are like classics, classic found mm. footage movies. And then it kind of just has gone off the rails since then. Yeah. I mean, Safe Haven, that's the only segment I know the name of, but like it is like mm -hmm. top tier segment, period. Is that the Here, Timo one? Mm -hmm. Here's a good one. one. Tell me about a music genre you love that everyone loves to hate. Oh, <laughs> So I don't know if everybody loves to hate it. I mean, they're the sort of the person who's become emblematic of it is very controversial, but I am a huge Riot Girl fan. And I think a lot of people associate that with Courtney Love, who I will I will fight you because I love her and I know she's a mess. But um <laughs> That's right. So yeah. I'm remembering now you're you're super juiced into the the music scene there, Rachel. You're Not saying so words that I'm trying to follow. <laughs> um I know who Courtney Love is. I my answer is like I like pop music and mm -hmm. i say that because like depending on the company you're in it's like not cool to say that but i don't just mean 
like pop music that I have nostalgia for because I was a kid. Like I will listen to modern pop music and like I like a lot of indie pop, like alternative pop, because like then because then it's even sadder, which is like my wheelhouse, like really depressing alt pop. I'm like all in on it. Okay. I'm just um, imagining now like just spinning in that chair listening to the latest from Olivia Rodrigo, just living your best life. <laughs> <laughs> You're like driver's license or whatever that song is. <laughs> Who are the okay, so there's somebody I just discovered that I'm really into that's kind of in this um this vein. Okay. Fucking Spotify. Okay, recently played. Oh, I was listening to a bunch of Rilo Kylie today. Speaking of oh, that's good I do stuff. Love Speaking Rilo of being Kylie. depressed, um, don't know. Who I love me some JD oh. Lewis. Maya Follick or Follick. I just started mm. listening to. I really know her. And this band and I mean named, that genuinely not in a Mariah Carey way. And this I guy named her. just named Petey. I just Petey. started listening to, and he's really good. Anyway, Petey I like, like music. E before the Y. P E T E Y. Sorry, I like folk music, which I don't think is necessarily universally revived, but a lot of now, people are you are talking classic? For, are you talking classic or modern? Are you like Bob Dylan? Both. Or, uh, yeah, I'm into I'm modern, gonna, modern folk. I'm going this Sunday to see the tallest man on earth, which is folk musician out of uh, Sweden. It sounds just like Dylan back in the day. How tall is he? I'm going to be very disappointed by this answer. I think, well, he actually <laughs> looks a lot like Shinar's, surprisingly enough. Uh, I don't know how tall Shinar's is. I, he Shinar's yeah. to me is about two and a half inches tall. He's a little <laughs> taller than right. you. What do you think Shinar's is, Casey? Five eight, five nine. Uh, he's he's, pro- he's not too far off from me. I'm six foot. Yeah, like you and Joe always were like tower. Like we would get together, and I'd be like, "Am I seriously the only fucking short person on the show?" Like they're so tall, the three of them together. It's <laughs> offensive. Sorry, I'll be short with you. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> we can laugh at their knees together. It'll be great. <laughs> I'll be like, look at those jorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Favorite apocalyptic future movie? I haven't seen that many. I was realizing thinking about this question. Oh, I always hate. I hate the way that my brain works. I hate my brain because the minute you say it, blank. I I I don't know I what are these words but I know yeah. I have an answer to this because like I love sci-fi and I love oh you know what my answer is and it's not really apocalyptic it's more like pre-apocalyptic but Logan you know what that yeah. is Lone Wolf and Cub it is <laughs> it oh, yeah. is interesting I mean yeah can I go with like let's st- stay on that track. Can we go with like last of us? Because and I'm talking yeah. games because I those are played any of those, but yeah, I mean, okay. You, you want to feel all the dark, dark feelings. <laughs> I have got a game series for you, my friend. Oh, <laughs> I got to stick to my guns. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Sorry. I'm going to stick to my guns. What I always say, six string samurai. Hmm. Nice. It's a great movie. Okay. Two more questions. Did any of you watch Andor and thoughts? Yes. <laughs> and I have many, many thoughts. <laughs> yes. I did not. Oh, Rachel, would you give me your thoughts? 
Oh yeah. I, I, to me, it is the pinnacle of Star Wars. It is the greatest Star Wars property that has ever come out. Literally perfect. Zero notes. Um, because it takes place in that world and has all of that mythology, but it actually gets at sort of the everyday person and the heroics of everyday people that that created the rebellion. And it also is the best unpacking of just the banal, mundane evil of the bureaucracy behind the, the yeah. empire. Um, it's the best character building. It's the most, like, in terms of philosophy, it's the most thoughtful of all the films. It's spectacularly acted. Um, to a person, they are spectacular, like, incredible in this film. The detail and the costuming and the world building, and it's just a masterpiece. It is an absolute masterpiece. And if you have not watched it, Joe Ferry, get your ass in front of a screen tonight because I don't even care if you like Star Wars. You are a person who appreciates art and it is art. Yeah. Check it out. It's a different, especially in the age where we have with Star Wars and uh, Skywalker burnout is a thing. This Mm -hmm. is the, the perfect antidote to that. See, I think I had that couples moment where, like, you you always watch TV show with like your significant other, mm-hmm. and one day Laura's like, "Oh hey, I finished Andor. I think you'd realize." I was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Nope, not even checking oh, it out." Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got mad because she finished it. Uh, she, I, I, I didn't even start it. I had no idea any of this was going on. Wow. It, it felt like yeah, it felt like walking into like, yeah, it felt like finding out your significant other was cheating on you. You know what? <laughs> I actually get, get that it. feeling and that can I be hurt. That can be hurtful. Like I get yeah. it. Uh, Colleen yeah. and I have a standing rule. You know, if you think it's something the other has to ask, you gotta ask first. Hey, do you care if I watch this or you want me to save it? <laughs> save exactly. a lot of bites. <laughs> or be able to watch it twice. I bet you're it's so good, I bet your wife would watch it again. Oh, she cannot watch anything twice. She like loathes watching no, anything. No, I'm a Joe. Hold that grudge, Joe. Like the opposite. No, yeah, don't grudge, judge. Joe. Don't like. <laughs> here's the thing: is like you lie to your wife and tell her that you'll never watch it, but secretly watch it. <laughs> it's the one lie I approve of because <laughs> I want you to watch it. <laughs> so no, <laughs> she would be happy if I watched it. It's me. I'd have to lie to me. I'm the one that's. We lie to ourselves every day. Rachel, How the hell Joe do you is, get through life without lying to yourself? Rachel, Joe is Joe is displaying a very specific kind of obstinance right now that I'm mm-hmm. very familiar with. This is purely he's dug in. <laughs> okay, and it's, right. it's on principle no at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There's yep. no way out. It's a shame. You said I feel it, my like friend. You would- I feel like it's you would really have a an excellent experience with it. Like I, I, I told her, you know, I, I did say this. I was like, all right, you know what? I will finally watch this. And if you watch Sallow, and that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim, kind of worth it. You to be honest. <laughs> all right. She. I think all she did was look up and saw like feces eating. I was like, nope, I'm out. Guess you're never watching Andor. <laughs> when, when is that movie from? Like when? Yeah. Seventies. Uh, yes. Early 70s. Yep. You ever heard of Joe August Underground? No. That was like a series in like the nineties OOs of like they were just dudes making these like micro budget movies that were just horribly offensive and disgusting, right, Rachel? Like Yeah, I think they yeah. actually put one out, another one out a few years ago. Did they? Yeah. There was I know a whole someone series. who was in it. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. them and Toe Tag films. They used to be at the horror hand. Yeah. 
I just always remember looking at it and being like, this doesn't feel okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, this makes me sad. All right. Uh, last question. It's not a question. I think you should try and squeeze Slother House in before the end of the year. Thoughts? <laughs> I mean, this oh. year is so devoid of anything of interest. I, I would be surprised if we can't. We'll probably be able to fit it in. Um, Can we do it as a live group watch, please? <laughs> Let me say. The character is named Alpha. I watched it this weekend. Oh, you've seen it? I, I wouldn't hold your breath. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's not like the good kind of bad. I had fun with it. Eric and Schnars are not. <laughs> okay. Which, compare wait, wait, it to Winnie the House? Pooh, Blood and Honey. Like, where does it land Slaughter on the house? It's oh. a. Well, I think Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is a classic, so I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you might be okay with it. It's it's fun if you like bad movies. I Schnars, we would break him for sure. So, oh, yeah. Now, there's a chance. I was actually planning on... Schnars is out in the woods somewhere, so I didn't end up texting Eric and Schnars after I watched it, but I was going to text them to say you'll be happy to know I watched it, so you guys don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We decided next week it's time for Saw X. Or if you're from Boston, the Socks. I was going to say, after Alyssa on Slack this week, it's now Socks to me all the time. Somebody pointed out to me, you flipped a poster upside down, it says Xmas. Yes. <laughs> Which I like. Um, yeah, so Exorcist comes out this week. I think we all know what that is, but we're going to do it the week after because at this point, it's Saw time, so... So there you go. I gotta do that Friday this week, I guess. I'm gonna have to go mm -hmm. on a Friday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Woof. Anyway, um, yeah, Rachel, where can people uh, find you? Well, if you are interested in more of this awesome podcasting that I do, you can find me at zombiegirls.com or you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and threads at ZG Podcasts, plural. Mr. Joe. Yes. Uh, find me at films at first site.com uh, FFS underscore podcasts uh, pretty much everywhere except for blue sky, which is just films at first sight because they don't allow underscores. Um, huh. yeah, that's all I, got. I didn't know that about blue sky. I wonder, mm. I, I wonder if that would just destroy the whole system. If somebody used an underscore, like I tried, I, I wonder if that would launch a nuclear bomb that hits Los Angeles. If you'd like hack into the in mainframe lawnmower yeah. man style. <laughs> um, love it. Oh, I should say next week, next Friday, October 13th, new hi-fi dropping. I have a single Ooh. coming out for spooky time. It's my first, not my first, it's my first collab with like a guitar player. So I, a friend of mine from work, who's like a, a just insane electric guitarist. He, we, we teamed up and we made some cool shit. So, um, Go to, I'm on Apple Music. I'm also on, I'm, at this point, I'm kind of in everything. You just search for HY-FY and it'll show up. Check it out. Good stuff. Good stuff. And it, if you follow me, Eric BGH on Instagram, that's mostly where I'm at these days. And uh, I'll give updates. Casey, might as well get everybody in here. What you got? I'm on cinema.formage on Instagram and threads. So... I uh, can find me there. I drop, I post pictures. Love it. So. All right, y'all. That's going to do it for the creator. And uh, we'll see you next week for a little Saw X. Bye-bye.
Later. Bye-bye.